0: Well-traveled yet COVID-terrified Democrats, a race faker starts in OnlyFans, and our president seeks out a deceased congresswoman at a White House conference. I'll tell you all about it when I name my losers of the week. Then I have two heavyweights on deck to expose and end the sexualization and mutilation of children by a Vanderbilt pediatric transgender clinic. Senator Marsha Blackburn and activist Robbie Starbuck join me. And finally, the liberals obsession with face diapers will never end. But, you know, I have some final thoughts and it all starts now. I don't think it's a secret. I'm not afraid of COVID now. And quite frankly, I haven't been since April of 2020. But at least by this point, most Americans have joined me in returning to the old normal where we breathe air unabridged, gather in large groups, travel and go to work in actual clothes in an actual and professional setting. Why? Because we want to and most of us, quite frankly, have to. But not our members of Congress, though. They are still able to vote by proxy, meaning they can ramrod through idiotic legislation, such as the falsely titled Inflation Reduction Act, without being present on Capitol Hill. That's the case of Iowa Democrat Sidney Axney, who didn't vote in person last month for the Inflation Reduction Act, citing the ongoing public health emergency as her reason for voting by proxy. But oddly... That public health emergency didn't stop her from vacationing with her family in Europe. We know this because her son posted a family photo on Instagram documenting the trip. He later removed the photo, but too bad the Internet lives forever, fella. The audacity of that woman. Not only did she vote yes by proxy on that sham and falsely titled Inflation Reduction Act, she bragged about it from France. Folks, Democrats are not scared of COVID, but they want you to be so they can continue to infringe on your rights, grant themselves emergency powers, and live their best lives out of the office as they ruin yours. But speaking of life, here is our next loser of the week, our illustrious president who repeatedly sought out and called on a congresswoman who is no longer with us.
1: And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed and I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this.
0: Yeah, that was Joe on Wednesday at the White House conference on hunger, nutrition and health. Searching for Indiana Republican Representative Jackie Walorski, who died in a tragic car crash along with two of her staffers over the summer. Now, Congresswoman Walorski was part of a bipartisan group of congressional leaders who advocated legislation pushing for that conference last year. It was nice of Joe to reach across the aisle to give her credit and express gratitude. But he apparently wasn't familiar enough with her to remember she is no longer with us. And the cleanup of that disgraceful oopsie is almost as bad as said oopsie.
2: The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the Congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be uh, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday.
0: Mm, Good try, KJP, but you didn't answer the question as to why he repeatedly searched for someone who is not alive.
3: Um, I think the confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room?
2: I don't find that
1: confusing. I have John Lennon top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anyway.
0: Look, sometimes Joe makes an honest mistake. This was not that. This was on another level of cringe and embarrassment. Now, you'd think his staff would brief him on something as significant as the death of one of the representatives who pushed for the conference to take place in the first place, but clearly not. But the Democrats want you to believe Joe Biden is fine, we're all fine, the country is fine. No, not fine. But since we're talking about confused individuals, Let's move on to my third loser of the week, Rachel Dolezal. Y'all remember her? Yeah, she's the now ex-NAACP chapter president who masqueraded as a black woman. Look, you can be anything you want these days. You can identify as a damn potato. But back in 2015, she got a lot of heat for her racial faking. We haven't heard much from her since until now because now she's joined OnlyFans. And several of her nudes and sexy photos leaked on social media this week. And here's one image we can show you. And I think the justice tattoo on the behind adds a nice touch, don't you? I mean, good for her for flipping a buck on this. Having an OnlyFans doesn't make her a loser. The loser here is whoever leaked the photos and subjected our eyes to them. For the love of God, if Nancy has a secret OnlyFans, please leak nothing, we beg you. But up next, Senator Marsha Blackburn is taking action against the mutilation, exploitation, and sexualization of children by groomers and fringe LGBT activists. And she joins me next. Since my show debuted, I've been bringing you a slew of concerning stories out of Vanderbilt Medical Center, right down the road from us here in Nashville, from denying a baby a transplant due to his vaccination status, to disturbing reports about VUMC's gender-affirming care, care that reportedly allows kids as young as 13 to receive information, and even private one-on-one appointments with doctors who practice gender transition, and now we're hearing reports that same center is pushing puberty blockers to treat minor children who wish to transition genders. This is not only child abuse, but an infringement on parents' rights and basic decency. Thank goodness my next guest is doing something about it. Senator Marsha Blackware not only sounded the alarm, but is calling for an FDA investigation, and she joins me now. Senator, always great to speak with you. Good to see you. And of
2: course, we're always going to focus on things that are going to help keep our children and our families safe. And when we started hearing about the use of certain drugs as puberty blockers, this raised some concerns. And the more I looked into it, Tommy, I found that there are drugs that are being used off label. There are drugs that have not been approved for minors. So I have a letter into the FDA to ask for more information and clarification and to be certain that we know what is happening with these drugs and how they're being used with children. And then in the case of VUMC, looking at how this is, is being administered, is their uh, parental consent um, What type of counseling is provided? Is that given to the whole family? We've got a series of questions that we're waiting for answers on.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you're launching this investigation, but I think I speak for a lot of Americans. When we look at certain institutions with our government, a lot of us have lost a lot of faith. So we're really hopeful the FDA is going to do something, but Senator, how confident are you that this investigation is going to go somewhere and that you're going to get the answers and then relay the answers to not, not only Americans, but especially those in Tennessee who are so close to Vanderbilt and are very concerned about this? they are concerned
2: and rightfully so. And this is one of those issues that I think it is going to be moms and dads that push it to the forefront. We have seen this throughout COVID with schooling, with CRT, with the teachers unions, aggressive school boards. Uh, We've seen it from coast to coast, Tommy, and parents are going to do everything they possibly can to protect their children and to be sure that their children have opportunities that they themselves did not have. So in this instance, what we think is that parents are going to help push, push this issue. They are going to be talking to their children, asking them have, if they've been exposed to different types of information. And I look forward to continuing to work with parents to be sure that we do get the answers we need from federal agencies and from other institutions that might be kind of, you know, working around the edges a little bit on what we think ethically is allowed or legally is possible.
0: I think it astonishes so many people to hear about some of the surgeries that are taking place, some of the hormones and drugs that are being administered. I mean, in the state of Tennessee, I think you have to be at least 16 years old to lay in a tanning bed, for goodness sake. But you can go and get body parts cut off. You can take certain drugs, whether your parents know it or not. I think that there's a lot of Americans, and especially Tennesseans, who are thinking, if this can happen in a red state like Tennessee— boy, it can happen anywhere. But what are you and other state leaders going to do to maybe put an end to this? I think a lot of people are thinking, why should minors be getting transgender surgeries anyway? This just goes too far.
2: Right. And what you're talking about is the inconsistencies that are in existence. Why is it that a child cannot get an Advil at school without parental consent. A teacher or a school nurse cannot administer an EpiPen without parental consent, but yet you have all of this that relates to transgender when it comes to hormones, when it comes to drugs when it comes to surgery selection, when it comes to counseling, and that can be done without parental consent or participation. And sometimes what we have heard sometimes will happen is that there will be teachers that will advise, but will encourage children not to share that information with their parents. So this is an item of concern And there again, I think it's going to be parents that love these children more than life itself that are going to continue to work with us to make certain that their children are going to be well cared for. And they're not going to be exposed to things they would not want them to be
0: exposed to. In Tennessee, they still operate under this gender affirming care model which for those that don't understand what that means it means that if a young person or anybody goes in to talk about issues of gender dysphoria or transgenderism or wanting to be transgender that person can only counsel them with gender affirming care they can't say maybe you should look into some other mental health services some counseling maybe you should reach out to your parents and have other discussions they can only affirm that gender selection that that child has made how concerned are you about that practice in and of itself happening in
2: Tennessee? Oh, Tommy, this is something that is of tremendous concern. And we have State Representative William Lamberth and State Senator Jack Johnson, who have indeed moved forward with some fact-finding, with an investigation. They are working with the Tennessee General Assembly to craft legislation that would protect the parents' rights to participate and to know what is happening to their child. Also, that would look at making things illegal for children under a certain age when it comes to this and requiring that parental participation and consent. Also, Governor Bill Lee, has called for an investigation. And his team, the executive branch of our state government, is also working to investigate exactly what is happening here to make certain that children are going to be protected.
0: Have you had any response, you or members of your team or even other congressional delegates from the state of Tennessee, have they had any response from Vanderbilt themselves? Because Vanderbilt has had a slew of bad press over the last several months. And their, you know, I guess their their standard strategy is just to start deleting things and pretend it didn't happen. But I wonder if they've had any discussions with you that maybe we don't know about.
2: We have uh, given Vanderbilt some questions that we would like answers to. They have been in contact with a member of our team We look forward to getting the answers to the questions that we have, and then we look forward to getting answers from the FDA, and then working in a positive manner to protect children. And I will say this, this should be done in a bipartisan manner. I would hope that you're going to see Democrats and Republicans come together and say, We've got to put some guidelines in place so that children are going to be protected and so that parental rights are going to be recognized and are not going to be violated as this process moves forward.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's my last question for you. Because when I was researching this and your involvement and your calling for the investigation, of course, there is also a litany of more liberal outlets that say that Senator Marshall Blackburn is anti-LGBT, that you are homophobic, that you're doing this to try to speak out against all forms of that acronym. And I want you to set the record straight, because I know you personally, and I know that has nothing to do with that. But what do you say to those that are hellbent on writing those kind of articles and pigeonhole you into a certain stance that you may or may not have.
2: Tommy, they are always going to do that. It doesn't matter what what I say. you know, and you just become accustomed to it. when I led the fight against a state income tax, they were accusing me of everything. That's when I was in the state Senate. So I my focus is to make certain that we protect children. If there are pharmaceuticals that are being used off label, it needs, to stop. If they have not considered the long term effect this is going to have on children, it needs to stop. If there are drugs that are being used as puberty blockers on children that are not to be used for children, that needs to stop. And so let's make certain that we're taking care of these children, that they are not being harmed, that they are not being subjected to drugs or pharmaceuticals that are going to cause them to have long-term, lifetime uh, negative impacts.
0: Yeah, our children are not up for the social experiments or any experiment for that matter. Senator, thank you for leading the charge on this. I know you don't care what the haters say about you. I know that you're gonna protect children. I know you're gonna fight for Tennesseans and you're gonna fight for Americans. And we're so happy that you always give us so much time. And thank you for everything that you're doing delighted to be with you thank you thank you senator all right up next we are sticking with the story and robbie starbuck joins me with his in-depth reporting on vanderbilt's youth transgender transgender surgeries as well as the latest on drag shows for children being performed right here in tennessee stick around
1: what's up everyone it's nick wright and i got something exciting to talk to you about today angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user friendly platform puts you in control.
0: Well, if you all thought LGBT grooming and the sexualization of children only happened in liberal cities and liberal states, well, think again, because right now you're watching footage of Chattanooga Pride Youth Day at Waterlinger Brewing Co., and this is what kids were subjected to. But this isn't just happening in Chattanooga. The same crap is also occurring throughout our state, which begs the question, are we in Tennessee a state worth our redness if we can't even stop the exploitation of children? Joining me now is the man who's been vocally sounding the alarm on this and other acts of indecency. He's our friend of the show, and he's a political activist. And boy, you've been doing a lot of legwork on this. Robbie Starbuck, thank you for being back with us. I have so much to ask you. We just sat down with the senator, and she gave us the talk about what's happening with Vanderbilt, and we're going to get there. But first, you're the first person I saw this from, this drag show in Chattanooga. It's one thing to have a drag show, but these children were touching body parts And no one thought to say this is wrong, this is gross, this is pedophilia, this is, you know, at the very least indecent. How did you see that that was happening? Who tipped you off to that, and what do you know?
3: So we've got a great group of concerned citizens across the state of Tennessee, and honestly nationally as well, who know that, like, my wife and I, we will go and amplify these issues. So uh, when we found out about this drag show, you know, the word was out there in Chattanooga that, you know, if you had anything, go ahead and come to us. So one of those people, Ashley, she goes by the Unsilent Patriot. She went and she documented everything, brought it back to us and said, this is what happened, and it's insane. I mean, if you watch that, you know, here's the thing. There's a number of people who go, oh, you just, you wanna go after gay people, you wanna go after trans people. Honestly, I don't know what their orientation is. I don't care. Nobody should really care. This is about the behavior. The behavior's clearly indecent. And any adult who's questioning that at this point shows you how far gone we've gotten. Because 10 years ago, five years ago, if you brought this video up to people, everybody would agree this was insane. Now you have people going, I literally did a news interview with Channel 3 down in Chattanooga. And they questioned me saying, Hey, what exactly is sexual about this? And I'm like, Are you guys serious? I feel you like not I'm not see taking the, crazy footage, pills.
0: the the footage of a small child stroking somebody's genitalia in a costume? They, they don't gen, they don't see the problem with that?
3: They genuinely questioned me. And so my response back, which they did not air, was I said, Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever spread your legs and showed your underwear to children? And they they couldn't answer the question, obviously, but that's like the most natural sort of like, hey, look in the mirror. Are you seriously saying this right now? And then I said, I really feel like I'm taking crazy pills that this is even a question at this point. Is this sexual or not? It's very clearly sexual. And they're like, well, what's the difference between this and gymnastics? I was like, last time I checked, gymnastics is not based in sex. Any adult who's been to a drag show knows that it is. And so this very clearly is an extension of that. Why is it that people who for a living go and do these shows that are sexual and raunchy for adults, why do they want to go perform for children? You know, I think that says everything right there. If that's your job, it's like a stripper saying, I really wanna go do a show for kids.
0: It is, it's the exact same thing, and it's wrong. And people, if adults wanna go and enjoy this, you and I have talked about this before, if you wanna go to a drag brunch or whatever, I personally don't want to, but I have a lot of straight female friends who think that stuff is great. They think it's super entertaining. They are adults of age, if they wanna do that, fine. But children should not be subjected to it. It is sexual in nature. It is just like having a stripper in your classroom. And it's beyond me that there are rational adults out there that are so blinded by their LGBT rainbows and activism that they can't see that. It is disgusting. But it's not just in Chattanooga. You also put up a video from Murfreesboro, which is just right down the road from here. Lord, if it's happening in Murfreesboro, it's happening in
3: Nashville. Very Republican area. And so I have spoken to the mayor there. And the mayor is serious about there being some sort of action. So we'll hopefully have an update on that in time, because that one was honestly more egregious, in my mind, even than the Chattanooga one. But it just it didn't go as crazy. I mean, the Chattanooga one has now been viewed millions and millions of times all over the world and people being outraged by it. So the response has been crazy to that. But honestly, the borough pride one was insane. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Adults. Do what you want, but stop doing this to children. And the overall agenda, I think, is what some people are struggling to understand. This isn't just about drag. This is about having a society with clear moral lines. Because when you look at history, any nation who has allowed the sexualization of children, they fall. Nations mm-hmm. fall over these types of issues. And people just go along with their lives and they think, oh, this is some you know issue on the margins. It's not. These are issues about society being able to be cohesive and having clear lines about what's acceptable and what's not. So this is really, in my mind, much bigger than drag shows. This is a fight for civilization, for us to have that Western civilization with certain clear moral boundaries where people understand there's certain things you don't do and certain things that are okay to do. This falls in the camp of not okay. And we need to make that clear within the law. You know, law enforcement needs to get on this stuff all over the country. You know, I've seen some people say, what happened to tennessee and the truth is this is not a tennessee problem right this is a national problem tennessee just has people like me and my wife and you and you know daily wire calling this stuff out that's rare most states don't have anything close to that they have maybe one activist in the state and they don't have much of a national following we have the ability to get this message out there nationally and to demand that tennessee is the state where we set that standard and right. so that's the pressure we're putting on legislators now is, you know, you've got to act.
0: You've got to do something, and I brought that up in my open. You know, we're not really worth our redness if we can't even protect children. But I think you're right about the strategy here. This isn't just about drag shows and, oh, well, I have the kids go and watch men who tuck their privates in mermaid outfits. This is not a Halloween costume festival. This is not that. This is normalizing, to me, pedophilia and saying, it's okay if adults want to do sexual things around kids. It's about inclusivity and diversity and love. No, 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 no. That is not that. That is normalizing something that should never be normalized. But that brings me to the next step of that, even worse than the drag shows and the queer libraries and everything we've been hearing about. We're going now to actual surgeries. And I just had the senator on, we talked about Vanderbilt, and you and Matt Walsh and the senator and many others have been sounding the alarm, blowing the whistle on this. You guys, you and your wife have been sounding the alarm on this for months, I've had you on my show, you've been saying, hey listen, I know they have that, the parent doctor, I know they have gender affirming care, we know that young people are being counseled without their parents consent or permission. You talked about the trans buddies that they had going with them, and now it's kind of starting to unfold and getting a little bit more attention. But this latest, senator and our governor billy wanting an fda investigation into Vanderbilt and the puberty blockers do you think that's going to move the needle is that going to make a difference
3: well who's running the fda right who's in charge there people who let's just be honest they want this agenda to continue so i don't have faith in an investigation it's time we start using the power we have and we need to be honestly pretty unforgiving about it people gave this power to the people who were elected in Tennessee. Use it, wield it, make our state an example. You know, we can't have any more weakness being sort of the leader of our Mm -hmm. state. Weakness begets failure, and we're failing morally to set these lines in Tennessee. So that's my call to everybody is we have this opportunity. It's a massive opportunity for the state because this can be the state that everybody wants to go to. This can be the state people talk about instead of Florida. People can go look at Tennessee. They're leading the way on all these issues. And they're
0: protecting children.
3: And we should be the ones doing it. Florida doesn't have the supermajority we have. Right. We do. We have the numbers to do anything we want in this state, and we need to use it. We've gotta be the fighters that our kids deserve, because every time we have this sort of moral failure, we're giving up on the next generation. We're not just handing the problem over to them, we're saying we don't care enough to fight for you, and you're stuck with what the future's gonna become as a byproduct of us allowing this.
0: You know what's so crazy to me, is every conspiracy theory that we've had over the last dozen years, but especially the last several, right? The conspiracy theories turn out to be true, whether it's COVID or now this. People oftentimes, and I, I often roll my eyes at these people that said, oh, you, you know, you allow gay marriage, you allow this, it's gonna be a slippery slope, next people are gonna marry their dogs, all this stuff. And I thought, okay, it was a little far, all right? But now we have, oh yeah, that 13 year old, that 14 year old wants to start cutting body parts off and, and then we have doctors that celebrate it That slippery slope is here, and it's 2022, and it's getting worse, and you have some information. You always break us good stuff. I know you are allowed to say only a limited amount, but tell me about this doctor that you know of and what they're up to.
3: So yeah, my wife and I are gonna be breaking the story either later tonight or tomorrow on a doctor here in Tennessee who did these surgeries, did a mastectomy on an underage child, a 15-year-old, and is actually hosting the images and is showing it to people as a way to advertise their work, okay? We're talking about Tennessee again. I feel like I have to say that over and over. We're talking about Tennessee. If that's happening here, much worse is happening other places. And you were talking about the normalization of all this. Look no further for people who think, oh, they're just crazy conspiracy theorists on the show talking about these things that are, you know, again, on the fringes. Look at Spain. Spain's culture minister this week started talking about how children have sexual rights to have sex with whoever they want. That's what comes next, and there's a reason for it. People think, well, why would anybody want to normalize that? It's about the breakdown of anything traditional and good and moral, because to get to that next step, of creating a generation that's filled with compliance and just an overall need for daddy government to step in and fix all their problems, you first have to break down the nuclear family. You have to destroy every semblance of the reality we've lived as human beings for hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of years where we rely on family Mm -hmm. to be that person who steps in when there's a problem. Instead, they want to create a world where your parents are evil if they won't let you have your child's sexual rights. And you dissociate from them and you start to attach yourself to the government who's always there to tell you that you're right and and this is good and you should be allowed to do whatever you want. And that's clearly that permissiveness for a child is dangerous. Everybody knows that. That's the reason you don't let your kid run in the street. You know,
0: what is so weird to me, though, even hearing you talk about it, talking about rights and freedom, because that's a conservative principle. Right. We believe that we should be able to breathe air without a mask on our face. We shouldn't have to get one through six shots of experimental vaccine in our arm. We we like that kind of freedom, right? Yeah. So kids should be able to decide who they want to have sex with and what body parts they want and don't want. But they shouldn't be able to go to school without a mask on or without a vaccine. It boggles my mind. They can even say these things. And when they talk about freedom and they they convolute what freedom actually means and the lines and the boundaries. But you're right, though. I do believe through chaos comes control, and the ultimate goal is control. So you have to create mass confusion and chaos, and people can't have an identity because that's how you swoop in people when they're the most vulnerable, when they're at their lowest point, they don't even know who the hell they are anymore. And that's what's happening. But you're right about Tennessee. I think we can set a precedent here. And I think other states are going to be afraid to do it because they don't have the majority. But people in Tennessee, especially in Nashville, they don't realize how conservative this state is. Right, Because we have Nashville, and Nashville's not necessarily that conservative. So yep. people forget that we have the power to do it. Um, we have a Republican governor who I think, you're right, could go a lot further and do a lot more. I love our Senator Marsha Blackburn. I think she does wonderful things. I do think, though, that our state legislators could do more. And I know that you're fighting that good fight. But what would you say, not just to parents in Tennessee, but parents nationwide, what advice would you give them when they're seeing all this stuff and they're terrified for their kids?
3: So you need to get ahead of this, you need to fight this, especially if you're in a red state where it's possible. My wife and I actually put out an outline for legislation that would cover all these topics. Yes,
0: the Childhood Protection and Restoration Act.
3: Exactly, CPR, because honestly, childhood, it's on life support, it's being destroyed at every front, and it needs that, that bill to step in and fight for kids. And it covers the pornography in schools, it covers the transgender issues, it covers the drag shows, it covers the freedom to essentially make your own vaccination choices and not be discriminated against like Baby August was. And, you know, we've got to cover all these areas. So take that to your state legislature, take that to your reps, demand action and start making this a barometer for who you vote for. Take it to them in the primaries and say, Mm -hmm. hey, do you support this? Okay, other candidate, do you support this? Get behind the one that's willing to be the most aggressive. And then if you're in Tennessee, take this to our legislature, because so many people are and demand that we get all these key points done, because we have the power. You know, in Tennessee, again, one of the things that makes us special is that we do have the people who are loud now. National voices living here with the ability mm-hmm. to really raise the conversation up and demand sort of how we're gonna do this we need to set these parameters and expectations well so that it's not just hey we're happy with getting this small thing done that stopped this one thing we need to say we demand all of this right and and take the lead and show people how we can be the best activists we could possibly be
0: and you wouldn't think it would be that hard just trying to protect kids from being mutilated and sexualized yeah. boy how far we've fallen in a society that that is controversial now. But, Robbie, thank you for breaking all these stories. You and your wife have been excellent on the forefront of all of this, giving us all the information. And please keep us informed of anything that you hear. We always appreciate being the first or second people to know. And we're looking forward to hearing more about this doctor and exposing it and hopefully ending
3: it. Will do. Absolutely. People can go to my social media at Robbie Starbuck if they want to get that PDF of the outline and take it to their website? Yes, I
0: saw it too, and it's fantastic. Thank you. And please keep us up to date on everything, because there's wildness. And Vanderbilt at this point, I drive by it, and I want to barf. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I live close to it, so there's that. But uh, still ahead, speaking of freedom... Still ahead, hashtag bring back masks was trending on Twitter this week. And further evidence, liberals love masks and are not gonna be happy until you learn to love them too. Fat chance. But I do have some final thoughts. That's next. <music> hashtag bring back masks was trending on Twitter this week because as we know, liberals love masks. They always have and they always will. They will wear masks on planes, on trains, in automobiles alone, on playgrounds, on nature hikes, in the shower. You name it, they will wear one mask or even two in that place, regardless of other humans or breathing organisms are present or not. Hell, they love their freaking masks, even when the science tells us they are next to useless, and even when the CDC, which it has, has dropped much of its masking guidance. And that's fine, because quite frankly, the less we have to see of their faces, the better. But these masters must not have a lot of confidence in their COVID shots one through six. But liberals don't just want to love their precious mass for eternity. They want you to do the same and they are really fired up. You're not forced to anymore. Hence why it was trending on Twitter yet again yesterday. It's a tired debate over two years in the making. Should we all strap face diapers ear to ear for eternity to maybe or maybe not kinda sorta protect ourselves and others from the glorified cold that is COVID? Well, if you're still wondering where I stand on the issue, let me be clear. I will never wear a mask again unless I'm in an operating room. It's Halloween or the mask is for skin and beauty benefits. As for those flimsy cloth face diapers, no, never again. I only ever wore one when absolutely forced to on an airplane. But now that that is long gone, no, never again. Never again will I put that cloth muzzle over my mouth to breathe in my own bodily fluids and affix toxins to my nose and mouth. If y'all green hairs are into that sort of thing, if it really gets you going, fine. But keep your mental illness and your masking to yourselves. I thank God we have finally reached the point where seeing someone in a mask looks odd because at one stupid point in history, it was the unmasked that were looked at as if we had a third eyeball sprouting from our foreheads. The only positive thing about liberals loving masks, besides seeing less of their faces, which, like I said, is often a bonus— The perpetual maskers also make it easier to spot the liberals among us. And by the way, guys, if you're still wearing a mask, we know who you voted for. So no bumper stickers or lawn signs needed. We got it. Strap up libs, but leave the rest of us free breathers alone. And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.